Hey everyone, how you doing? It's Nelly here. Today we are joined by the wonderful Wade Duffin. Yes, that Wade Duffin from the joint episode a couple of weeks ago with the wonderful Harley Breen from Shitting with the Door Open, which is one of my favourite podcasts. Now, Wade is an aspiring screenwriter and house dad. He made a massive pivot in middle age. We talk about Wade's early dating mistakes, the challenges and joys of marriage, and of course, Wade's dating deal breakers, and she's a 10 butt. We also take a brilliant listener call on how to support someone through divorce. Seriously, get the Kleenex out. It's very moving. And we take a really interesting letter on the impacts of illness on sexual relationships and about how to manage consensual non-monogamy. This is a really heartwarming and hilarious episode with Wade Duffin and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Now this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. One quick reminder, your listener calls are the best. Yes, chuck out the rest. If you've got a question, comment, story, anything really, please go to NellieThomas.com and follow the links or there's a link in the show notes. I promise it's super easy. And as you'll see from this episode, the highlight of this podcast for me really is hearing from you. So I hope you'll take a chance, send me a message and you might just hear it on an upcoming episode. Last but not least, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. If you don't like swearing, mm, it's really going to give you the shit. So off you fuck. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view. Dear Nelly, there's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Sex dating relationships from the other side of 40. And we are joined today by our very special guest, oh, Wade Duffin. Hooray, that's me. Wade Duffin, screenwriter. Almost. Almost. Aspiring screenwriter. All right, so explain. So I made a, I guess, career shift. Yes. And my like pivoted. I pivoted and made a little pivot, you know, using like above word, <laughs> a very like on trend word. I did a pivot. Uh, from 
working with wine and like parenting and then the girls are about ready to go to school. And it's like, what do I really want to do? <laughs> Hang on, working with wine and parenting, separate jobs. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Some <overlap. laughs> There was a bit of, <laughs> but you were like there was a like wine... a real Venn diagram situation <laughs> happening there. I reckon you were like a wine specialist. I was working uh, for some great uh, people, Blackhearts and Sparrows. Yeah, and I managed like a couple of their stores. I was working in their office for a while, and I enjoyed it. But I knew it's not what I really wanted to do. Yeah, and I'd always had this kind of like dream in the back of my head that I wanted to be a writer, mm. uh, and then because my wife works, she's the worker. Yeah. Like, so I stayed So you've home. been house dad. I've been house dad. Yeah, yeah. And when they're about to go to school, I was like, I'm going to have a lot more free time on my hands. Uh, what do I really want to do? And yeah. Claire was very encouraging. Yeah. She was bless. like, well, what do you really want to do? Yeah. And I wanted to be a writer. So I went and saw a careers counsellor. And this is what, at 40? 30, 40, yeah. yeah. This is at 40. Yeah. I went and saw a careers counsellor mm. and she was like, well – Here's the steps that you can do it. Because mm. I, so unconfident, so mm. unsure of myself. Mm. Even though I knew these were the steps to take, I almost mm. needed someone else to give me permission mm. or tell me that, yes, you can do mm. these things. I think permission's a really interesting word, actually, especially at this age. Yeah. Because if you, like you left school pretty early, you know, yes. you didn't go like straight into uni, you didn't do that sort of, you know, quote unquote normal trajectory, which is not normal for everyone anyway. But going back at our age, I mean, I'm a bit older than you, but, you know, going back when you're older, it does sort of feel like you need someone to say, good boy, Wade. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we need a little bit of kind of blah, 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 blah. Come on, there you go, a little pat on the back. Um, Come on, fella. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, big fella. You'll be all right. <laughs> so you were scared. Yeah, I was, and I overthought it as well. Like when I went to, it's on brand. It's on brand. <laughs> I really overthought it. I overthought the um, the application process because yeah. it was like this RMIT, and it was only like this screenwriting diploma. It was like this two year thing. Yeah, and I overthought the application process, and I really overthought like the writing sample I had to put into, and yeah. I overthought the interview that I went and done. Yeah, and so when I got the call saying, "Hey, you got into the course," I was like, "Amazing." Yeah. Amazing. There must only be like thousands of people apply for this. And they're like, I'm one of the lucky few. Yeah. And then like about halfway through the first year, I was talking to the lecturer. I'm like, so how do you decide who gets in and who gets out? And he's like, oh, you all get in. (laughs) He said, I've had to reject one person. And that was like over like 15 years. I'm like, okay. No, no. What I heard was thousands have applied. And I am one of the chosen few. This is fantastic. This feeds into my ego. What I heard was you chose me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like going on a date. Like, no, I just swipe right on everyone. <laughs> just like, you know, it's a numbers game. I missed all that. Yeah. I didn't do any of yeah, the yeah. Um, online dating. No. I didn't do any of the apps. Yeah. That was all. All right. Getting smug too early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take you back. We'll get there. All right. Take me back to Little Wade. So Little Wade's in New oh, Zealand. Yeah. You know, teenage Wade. Very sad. Was he dating? He was. Dating wasn't really a thing where I was. It was, yeah. I guess you would have like girlfriends and they're not girlfriends, but you wouldn't, I guess, yeah. go on dates. So how would you get a girlfriend? Do you go, you want to go out with me? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. 
Um, and how would you choose? <laughs> I take everyone <laughs> for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, so did you have really, girlfriends? Yeah, occasionally. Like I would have some girlfriends, but I say none of them were long-term Yeah, until I was, I mean, I guess like I was like 19 when I first had a girlfriend for more than like three yeah. months. I think that's really But as you're a normal. teenager. Yeah. Yeah, and then... And this is embarrassing and apologies to anybody. But, you know, I don't really remember any of them. And yeah. a lot of it was for, I guess, you'd just be, I guess you'd have a crush on someone. Yeah. And then you get yeah, to know yeah. them and you'd be like, oh, no, <laughs> I, that's right. I don't know you. <laughs> this is why you don't move in early. Yeah. And there'll Hot be some tip. people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not to say that was one-way traffic. There'll no, be no. plenty of people going like, Oh, wait, he looks interesting. Oh, no. Do you know, I really actually think it would be helpful for this audience to have a conversation about that because we have obscured or we've conflated dating and relationships. Dating is trying it out. Yeah. You know, you're actually trying each other on. You know, you're sort of going, do we fit? Are we compatible? Da, da, da. It's not zero to 100. Yeah. You're not suddenly... In a relationship, capital R. And when you're a teenager as well, and when you're in those early years, there's so much other stuff going on. Yeah. And it's not just, even if you liked somebody, you yeah. might have a, f- a couple of friends in your ear. Yeah. And you're not mature enough to say, yeah. actually, yeah. I'm going to go like, with this person. Like, that's yeah. going to be great. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't know, that's a fair point. Yeah. Or yeah. their friends might be in their ear. You're easily influenced. You're so easily it's influenced. True. And you kind of manipulate it around a yeah. bit. So, yeah. And you started by saying, and this is one of the reasons that I absolutely love your podcast, Shitting With The Door Open, which you do with uh, our mutual friend Harley Breen, is you talk about mental health. So if we go back, you started by saying, I was sad. When you're sad slash depressed, did that affect the kind of girls that you liked? Did it affect your confidence? Did it affect, like, that's got to feed into your dating, right? Yeah, it was very much like the... um and there's such a cliche, almost like, like a teen movie yeah. where you would like, I guess, like. So I was depressed and sad, so yeah. I was liking depressed girls and like right. sad girls kind of thing. Uh, it feels like it can go two ways. You either really lust after the unattainable so that you can never get it. Yeah. Well, and actually, it confirms that you're shit. Now that you say that. Right. <laughs> Like you go I for the hottest, most unattainable I girl. I forgot in about the lust aspect. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> or you do seek out like confirmation of how you're feeling. Yeah, so I guess I would have crushes on, I guess like that manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, right. Idealistic kind of thing. Yeah, where, like you'd idealize somebody. Yeah, and if they were like drawing, like a like, cranberries lead singer, yeah, if they were drawing like skulls and class, I'd be like, yeah, oh, my heart's hot. Little flutter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then there would be like the other side of it where there'd be um, young women who were like completely different. Where you would just be like, it would just be a lust thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like oh, I don't really care what your personality is like. Yeah, you're very attractive. Yeah, different know. head talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And had you, like, did you want a relationship? Like, how do you remember how you were feeling? Because it's when you're depressed, it's actually very difficult to connect with people. But I didn't know I was depressed either. That wasn't like a a topic that was like around when I was growing up. It wasn't like everybody was like talking about mental health. No. Um, 
did I want a relationship? Man, it's so long ago mm. that I think I liked the idea of it, but maybe not the reality of it. Yes. I guess. I guess yes. it would be like I liked the idea of being in one, mm. but then when you were in like these short little relationships, mm. maybe I was either too intense or I just mm. didn't care or maybe like once you're in it, you're like, oh, now what do I do? Mm. I don't know what to do. Mm. So you'd leave again. And none of us do because the scripts that we're – told and certainly back then there was even less scripts available culturally the scripts were told about relationships don't match reality no and a lot of them were by like these weird like teen romance movies or yeah. these hollywood romantic movies yeah. where they would do like these big hollywood gestures yeah. and you yeah. think oh is that what i need to do yeah do yeah. i need to stand outside her house with a yeah. boom box yes. <laughs> like do i need to like serenade yeah i don't know if i'm comfortable i guess i would yeah. give it a go Could no I? this is gone yeah. this is wrong <laughs> no 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 <laughs> <laughs> or do I have to spend 800 bucks on roses? Yeah. And, uh, and also you can do a gesture like that and it's fucking creepy. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like that conversation wasn't being had either. No. If I've said no and you show up to my house with the boombox, you're freaking me out, mate. And you didn't know that at the time. No. And this is not to make an excuse for it. Yeah. You just were like, oh, but I've been taught. I've been told to do that. Like my whole yeah. life uh, the media has told me to do things one yes. way. And that is not the reality. Yes. It no. It's not until you get to, like social media for all its ills mm. and, and faults has done this great thing where it's kind of like opened up this huge conversation mm. about like, no, that is just in the movies, mate. Yeah. That is not reality. Yeah. Please don't do that. And also like everybody likes everything. Yes. Like, everybody likes different things, sorry. Different things. Different You've got to cater to each different person. And if, and again, generalisation, but the positive I think is that you're actually hearing on social media young women speak. Yes. You know, so if, if a guy does show up at their house, you know, when they've said no, you'll hear her say, I was scared. Yeah. I didn't like it. I had to call, you know, the police, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, that might be an extreme version. But in those shows, you didn't hear that. Oh, man. <laughs> you know? I'll tell you this one thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll get you to cut it out sure. afterwards. Yeah. But I would call, I had this crush on this girl and I would just call her up. Yeah. And I think... I don't know, but on I, the landline, on the landline, yeah. like dial in her number. Yeah. I had to look yeah. it up in the phone book yeah. to go down and find it. Mum, I'm calling Denise. All right, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, stay off the line. <laughs> don't pick up in the other room. But I would call her, and she would like, you know, her mum would answer, and I'd answer yeah. for this girl, yeah. and she'd come to the line, and she'd be like, "Hello," and I'd be like, "Hello," <laughs> and then I would just sit there, not heavy breathing. <laughs> Like, she knew who it was. Yeah. Like, I wasn't being, like, trying to be a stalker. Yeah. And then after a couple of minutes, I'd be like, okay, bye. And Were I just you waiting up. for her to talk? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I was uh, – all I knew was that I liked this person and I didn't know how to express – So you were trying to ca- – you know what? I guess to, if I was waiting for her to talk to – because I didn't know how to – You didn't know how to talk. To, to initiate. Yeah. yeah. To me, Paul, that's a version. I apologise to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. Well, I'm it so sorry. It doesn't sound like your intent was creepy. You no, know? but it was just kind of, yeah, very immature. Immature, absolutely. It reminds me of there was a boy in my school called Nigel who used to, your classic thing, he'd just come up and punch you. Yeah. Like not punch you in the face, but he would just sort of like, you know, gently punch you on the arm or something. You'd be like, what the fuck? Like he's that guy to pull your pigtails. And yeah. looking back at it now, and again, I'm not trying to excuse shitty behaviour, but I think he was trying to say hello to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was trying to talk to me. Yeah. And the way I read it was, what a fuckhead. 
And he just didn't know how to had no idea himself, which is so it. talk to your boys, talk to your boys, talk to your girl, yes. talk to your children, talk to them how to talk, talk to, to people. All right, so we wait. Teenage Wade's dating around a little bit. When's a your first bit. relationship? I reckon probably like nineteen. Nineteen and, and for so a few months, for like six months. Yeah. So before that, there were like you know, like I guess. You'd be in and out of things. Yeah. But the first one that I would call a relationship was like, yeah. like a, and her name was Jen. Yeah. And she was super lovely and we were only together for like six months and she was like a few years older. Yeah. And we lived uh, in like this little town together and she was much more experienced and wise than I was. Yeah. Uh, well, a few years at that age makes a big difference. Yeah. And she had yeah. lived quite a life as well. Yeah. She had kind of like done like a lot of stuff. Uh, where her life experience was even older than her age. Yeah, yeah. And I was, like, younger than my yes. age. But I was very pretty now. Yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> You're cute as a button. I can see it. So six months. And you... I was very chatty. So, I mean, you know, chat, 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 chat. And then after maybe six months, I think she was like, oh, no, I think we've this has run its course. No, no, that's fair. I can't hear that story again. Yeah. So did she dump you? We moved to... Uh, Australia together and then yeah she was like this isn't working out I'm like no it's not working out okay. and then she left because I'm always interested again because a lot of people listening are actively dating at whatever age yeah how people process like I've been dumped when I was doing online dating I've been dumped before that as well like how you process that rejection well that one I don't remember but the one that I do remember you didn't chuck a nana no, no, probably not. I don't remember chucking a nana, mm. um, but I don't also don't really remember the exact details of it, like breaking up. Yeah. But the relationship after that, if I jump ahead a little bit, mm. I remember that very well, mm. where we had been like living together in New Zealand, then we went to the UK and did that thing. We travel around for a few years, then we came to Melbourne, and then when we got to Melbourne, we our relationship had died six months before it ended. Mm. And it wasn't bad. We weren't mm. fighting. Mm. We were just coexisting. We're just done. We're just done. Yeah. And we had like a, oh, hey, how are you? Good. Yeah. Like that was it. What we're are you like, up to? Not yeah, much. Exactly. Yeah. Like so it was dead. Mm. And so when she pulled the pen on it, I remember like being like, oh, what? What? No, how dare you? And then yeah. I just stepped back for like a day or so. And we had a bit of a, a fight about it. Yeah. Um, and then after like a day, I was realized, oh, it's not my heart that's hurt. Mm. It's just my ego. It's my ego, for and sure. And once I realised that, I was just like, man, you made the right call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. We're done. See, that's an evolved adult response. And but that's yeah, not but to it, say I it really, can't hurt. Yeah, I really had to step back from the initial reaction. Because the yeah. initial reaction was, it was definitely uh, ego and pride, but I didn't uh, know how to separate ego from heart immediately. No. no. It did take me to step back for, mm. you know, a day or two mm. and then to like assess what was happening mm. and go like, yeah. I think there's a couple of good tips in there. One, step back for a minute. Yeah. And have a think before you react. Yeah. Like we're too old for that sort of reactivity. Fucking give it a minute. Yeah. And just see how you feel once you've simmered down. But also the idea that damage to your ego and damage to your heart feel the same. Yes. In your body. Initially. Initially. Yeah. So that's why I think you need to step back and kind of go, as you did rationally, actually, if anything, she's the one who had the balls to call it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was she done. Had the, she had the courage to say like this yeah. is done. And it was funny because <laughs> I remember when we were in the UK, she got back to New Zealand for a bit and I tried to call it while she was in New Zealand. Right. But very wish-washy. Right. <laughs> like, I've got Passag vibes. Very like, hey, you know, you don't have to come back, I guess, if you don't want to. That's fine. We could just – and she goes, no, no, I'm going to come back. It's going to be great. I'm like, oh, it's okay. You don't you like sure? – You sure? No, you – okay, good, good. Where's Where we- are you staying when you come back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess like part of it was that as well. A part of it was like, I could have been single in London. Ah, no oh more. shit! Oh, don't you hate that? The amount of people who ring in or call in and they're like, "Fuck, I wish I'd caught it early." But yeah. like one guy's like, "I got off at a threesome in Edinburgh," and I said, "No," <laughs> <laughs> trying to like wind back the clock. <laughs> so there's still time. There's right. still time, there's still mate. Time. There's still time. So flash me forward to you're married. Yes. All right. So you have how long have you been married? Uh fifteen. 15 years. And how long have you been together? 16 years. 16 years. Oh, so you got married after a year. Oh, but we got, and we got engaged really quickly as well. So oh, tell we, me. So we met. You met through your best friend? We met through, like, through Harley. So yeah. I was at a gig uh, with Harley. And then the very first time we met, uh, Claire was on as well. She was doing yeah. the gig. And afterwards I went up to her and tried to, like, yeah, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so when you saw her on stage, you were like, hello? I saw her on stage and then afterwards I just thought she was... Fun and attractive. Yeah. Funny. For those listening, and I don't want to define you by your wife, but since we've said Claire, your wife is Claire Hooper, comedian. Claire Hooper, comedian. Yeah. So you saw her performing. And then I went up to her and she was like, yeah, didn't really want to talk to me until she left. (laughs) (laughs) But I was also right in this middle of this very kind of like, um, uh, what would be a great way, like a very enthusiastic phase of like I didn't take it personally. Yeah, I was sleeping around a lot. Yeah, great, great. You no, know, I was I was single. Yeah, you were ready to mingle, and I was ready to mingle. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, I saw her again at this other bar, and then she had come in to fit Harley for like this, the suit. She gets very good at sewing. Right, she's very good. So she's going to make this like uni suit or something like yeah. for him for um for a show. And I came up and just started chatting to her. Yeah. And then a few minutes later, we were just making out. And then... What? How do we go from chatting to making out? Oh, I'm not sure. It just happened. Just chat, 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 chat. And I think the vibe was there. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a very good vibe. Yeah. And then... So she must have clocked you the first time. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah. Yeah, she she plays it. <laughs> you play it cool, babes. I know you're listening. I know you're listening. You play it cool, but I know. Look, you're a good-looking rooster. And then I'm uh, sure she clocked it. <laughs> and then, um, Socially awkward, but attractive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, yeah. And then like, um, and then how did it happen? Oh yeah. And then we just kind of like started hanging out. And I asked for her number. I asked like, yeah, Geraldine Hickey and Harley. Yeah, for her number. And they're like, if you can tell me her name, because I was a bit boozy. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give you her number. And I just couldn't. I just blanked. <laughs> But Clarice, Clarice, Clary, Clementine, Danny. Yeah. I don't know, mate. <laughs> anyway, figured out. Like, managed to get in contact the next day. Yeah. And then I think it was after like four days yeah. of hanging out. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to marry you one day. Wow. And then five. Did we- you say that out loud? Yeah, yeah. I said and to how her. Did she receive that? I said to her. <laughs> I think my exact words were like, uh, "You tell me when it's not weird for me to ask you to marry you." Wow. And she's like, okay, and get a bit of a giggle and just kind of ignored it. And then five weeks later, 
we were engaged. Oh, my God, so much. Okay, so did she think you were taking the piss when you said that? No, we had a really – like I wouldn't have said it if I didn't think she'd react well to it. This is fascinating. So you've had – obviously, you know, you, you, you're experienced at this point, I'm being polite. Yes. You know, you've been on a number of, shall we say, dates. Been on a number of dates. You've had a couple of relationships. Yes. Have you ever had that, like, lightning bolt? Because to me that's like almost love at first sight. No. You'd never had it before, no. so it felt different. There were like a couple of times, I guess, throughout my life where you meet people and like mm. there's like an energy. Yeah. Like there's an amazing energy. Yeah. And Claire was the first person with like that energy where we also connected in almost every way. Amazing. So So five weeks later you're engaged. Yeah, so I, <laughs> not my best moment, <laughs> but... We were like laying in bed and I was like a, a little hungover and laying in my like disgusting room that I was living in a flat chair in Albert as well. Like she really. Yeah, <laughs> she really hit the jackpot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I like rolled over and I was like, look, babes, you're not getting any younger. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. All right, I'm getting Claire on next. <laughs> should, we, should, we, should, we, should we make this happen? <laughs> And she's like, all right. (laughs) So you're how old at that point? 27. 27 and she's? 30. Similar age. Yeah. And you say to a 30-year-old woman, you're not getting any younger. I was just being cheeky. I was just being so cheeky because I guess I wanted to say. I would have punched you hard in the balls. But then married me. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd have a beautiful life together. A beautiful life. But she... (laughs) Yeah, I, did, I guess I didn't know how to express it without ex- – because, you know, it's very – This is an ongoing thing. Very ongoing, yeah, very hard On, to express. So, and then you started calling her and just Yeah, just nothing. like nothing. <laughs> just like <laughs> sit there on the line and not say anything. And then right at the end, flowers? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, what are you thinking? What are you and thinking? hang up. Yeah. <laughs> and then our wedding was super small. Yeah. We had like 12 guests. Yeah. And we went to the registry – we went up for lunch with our guests and then halfway through lunch, Karen and I were like, we're off. See you later. How delightful. It was the best actually. Yeah, it was definitely what I wanted because I listened to the Geraldine Hickey one yesterday. Yeah. And I went to her wedding as well. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it was It was beautiful. just, I could not speak highly of how much fun it was, how yeah. beautiful it yeah, was. Yeah. This coming together of community. Yeah. Of all Jez's different communities. Yeah. Her comedy community, like the, yeah. her um, queer community. Yeah. Not sure. The, the country community. The country community. Her family. Her family. So, and yeah. they all came together for yeah. this beautiful ceremony. Magic. Yeah. And I loved it. But also I was well aware that that's yeah. not. That you wouldn't be able to do that. No. Being mm. that centre of attention yeah. is not. It's not your jam. No, not at all. And, and it's very uncomfortable. This sounds like a pointed question, but I mean it genuinely putting Claire aside. Yeah. I mean it as a concept. Do you like being married? Oh, very much so. So did you always want to get married? Like is it – what did you think about marriage? I didn't not want to get married, but I didn't want to get married. I wasn't looking for a relationship when I met Claire. Yeah. I like being married because I'm married to Claire. Yeah. So I know we're trying to take Claire out of it. No, you can put her in in that context. Yeah, but I don't know how to take um, the idea of marriage without Claire being involved in it because if it wasn't – Claire in the marriage, mm. then I don't I don't really know how to comprehend it. <laughs> you know right. I mean? So green flag in the language of DNLE, that's a big green flag. Because if you're sitting there going, I really like the state of being married, but I don't particularly 
like the person I'm married to or that that's a red flag. Yeah, of course. If you're sitting there going, actually, the reason I love being married is because I love being around Claire. I love building a life that's, with her. Yeah, that's the 100%. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Claire, you know, maybe I would. You wouldn't be. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I just wouldn't. All I know yeah. for certain is that Claire and I have this beautiful life and yeah. we're married and it is very nice. So tell me, just so people don't vom too much in their mouth about how <laughs> like great your life is. That's right. I've listened to this <laughs> podcast. So I know how it goes. Tell me like... What do you think is the most challenging part of marriage and what do you think, what do you love most about it? Great questions. The most challenging bit I think would be communication over like some aspects of our life where we yeah. could be like a lot freer in how we talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and do you think that's mutual? Because yeah, I'm, very yeah, much so. Like, so yeah. you can't, um, I'm not going to say you can't, the communication between two different people and different communication styles is a challenge for everybody, right? Yeah. So it's like trying to find how to communicate to each other. In most things we communicate really well. Yeah. And then there are some aspects of our life where we could do with better communication. Mm. And then another part that I find, even though I love being around Claire and I love being around the girls, is it can be very restrictive and just like, all right, well, what do I, you just can't leave the house. Yes. You're always negotiating. Yeah. You're always like making plans and, and yeah. that's just the reality of it. And you've got to yeah. take the good with the bad. Yeah. But yeah, like that is that can be like a hard thing where you're like, I just want to go. Yeah. <laughs> for and like without picking up four things and remembering something for someone and uh, Exactly. Yeah, totally. Without having to say like, Oh well, I've yeah. got to be back by seven because you've got a thing or yeah. like, All right, tomorrow you've got to leave at three, so yeah. I definitely can't, you know, do this. Yeah. It'd just be nice to have like a like a, a weekend of just being I don't have to answer to anybody, anybody. Yeah, for yeah. any reason. Complete autonomy. Complete autonomy. Yeah. When um, Wes Snelling was on, I was talking to him about the same question, like what's yeah. the challenging things about being single, what's the great things. <laughs> the example he gave was, and you can imagine in Wes's drawl, is like I walk into a shop and I just decide what I want. <laughs> you know, like you're not waiting around for someone, you're not negotiating, yeah. you're not, you know, you just go, I want to go into that shop. And I might be here for an hour and a half yep. and I'll buy these two things or nothing and I'll leave. Yes. And there is some joy in that. And if somebody calls you up at like 10 o'clock on like yeah. a Friday night and they're like, yeah. you know, do you want to come do this thing? You're like, yeah. yeah. No worries. No worries. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah. So, those, yeah. so that side is the, um, like I guess would be the downside. Yeah. But I guess the answer to like what I like best about being married mm. Is the exact same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that exactly. I just love being around Claire and yes. the girls. You know yes. what I mean? So I totally it's like get this, that. Um, uh, like two sides of the same coin. The downside oh. of that autonomy is that no one's there supporting you in your decisions. Yeah, you know, and you there's loneliness. There's loneliness, and there's no one to kind of like back you up. Yeah, you know, and yeah. also I just find her company the best. Yeah, you know, it's again. Just Green flag. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. It's like if you don't want to ever hang out, you don't have to hang out all the time, that's not healthy either. But if you don't want to ever hang out with your partner, something's wrong. Yeah. Something's wrong. And if you really love just going, oh, I can't wait till Wade gets home. 
and we're going to do this and this. That's great. That's a really good sign. Yeah, and like we like we'll go for the occasional date, but we also just love hanging out together. Yeah, watching like a show, talking about the show. Yeah, and quite often because we have different tastes and like TV or yeah. screen time or whatever. Yeah, one of us will be watching something on a laptop, and yeah. the other one will be watching on the TV, and we're just there <laughs> pausing it, having a chat. You know say, what I mean? Wade's watching Porky's. Yeah. Claire's watching a documentary. <laughs> Claire's always watching Jag Race. It's non-stop Jag Race. Oh, yeah, me Every too. season of every country. Yeah. Like, that's what she's getting through. Yeah, me yeah. too. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? It's Nelly here, rudely interrupting the podcast to let you know that we have a live show coming up soon. We're doing Dear Nelly Live After Hours, an extravaganza of talent riffing about hmm, after dark activities. It's on Saturday, the 9th of September in the salubrious surrounds of the Brunswick Ballroom in Melbourne. It's going to be an evening show. There'll be drinks. There's dinner options available. The first half will be like the usual demented game show style live show with the incomparable Bev Killick, aka Pussy for Prosecco, the fabulous Adam Richard and one of our favourite guests on the podcast, award-winning comedian Geraldine Hickey. In the second half, I'll do a few musical numbers. Yes, Finger Food will return and Bev will also sing live. There'll be a DJ after for dancing as well. So leave the kids at home. I mean, obviously get a babysitter, but come and kick your heels up on your own or with a group. Everyone is welcome. Ticket links in the show notes or go to NellieThomas.com. Can't wait to see you there. You just, you just, you just oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll show Vag for Verve. Now, are you ready for some listener calls? I just saw another one. Yeah. P- Pussy for Prosecco. <laughs> Balls for beer. I could just keep going. I'll tickle you for toffee. Oh, you would. Yeah, cock for chocolate. (laughs) Cock for KFC. (laughs) Kentucky Fried Cock. Oh, no. Oh, Nelly, we've got a song. If you think that's not going to be the promo for this episode, you're out of your mind. Um, So this is our armchair expert section and I'm going to read. Now, I just saw this on Facebook. The title of it is Two Beers and a Puppy, a helpful test for determining how you feel about someone. So I'm going to read it to you and see what you think. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Thing. Two Beers and a Puppy is a test that I developed while working on an Esquire story on the American Son of a Bitch. The test is, in order to find out how you actually feel about someone, ask yourself, would I have two beers with this person? 
And would I allow this person to look after my puppy over a weekend? Some people are no and no. These people are to be avoided at all costs. Some people are yes and no. These people are to be cautiously trusted. Some people are no and yes. These people are no fun, but they make the world a better place for puppies. And some people are yes and yes. These people are wonderful people and your life and work are better for having them in your life. Seek them out, collaborate with them, enjoy their company. What do you think about that? Well, I like it's such a beautiful sentiment. It's like very well expressed. Yeah. Like, and it's very simple. Yeah. But I'm also <laughs> always a bit hesitant about these things that come yeah. off the internet. These yeah. little kind of like stories. This wow. was in a book, Wade. Oh my! This was in a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a photocopy of a page of a book. Like it always feel, always feels like a bit of like backdoor like psychology. It is. Yeah, but. Yeah. This one here is expressed so nicely that, yeah, and if you apply that, like if I apply that to everybody in my life, everybody would fit into one of those those scenarios. Every single person. I think that's why I liked it because I think for people, and again, not everyone listening is doing this, you know, going back into dating or whatever, but you're making friendships as well at, at every age. And sometimes, you know, you might have been sort of trained out of trusting your own instincts. And I reckon for me, it's a nice little reminder to go, let's say I'm sitting opposite with you. Would I leave my dog with you? And would I want to have a couple of beers with you? If it's no and no, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, get out. Get off the pod. Like You're something. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> something in your guts going, this isn't right. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like it's just like a little sort of, te- and it doesn't have to be a dog. Think of something else. And it doesn't have to be drinking. It's like, would I want to have fun with you and and would I trust you? Exactly right. And so it is like a fun thing, but it'd be fun to (laughs) have that little checklist every time you meet someone. You just pull it out. (laughs) Just like like write it down. But in your own head, I honestly think. Not even in the head. I'm talking about like a physical (laughs) checklist. You get them to fill it out. You fill it out. Oh, we've got a few. (laughs) I am an INTPJ and you are a yes and a no. (laughs) I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) Look, I reckon if you're newly dating, especially, or you're trying to find a new group of friends, something like this and make your own up could be actually very helpful. And you would want to have all yeses there, I reckon. hundred for dating. Yeah. Because as you said, what it's basically saying is, would I trust you with something I care about? Yeah. And would I have fun with you? Yeah. And if those, either of those is no, why would you date them? And if you are not talking about dating, but relationships in other ways, like I have plenty of friends who'll catch up for a couple of beers. Yeah, but you wouldn't leave your dog with them. Well, it's just that I would leave my dog with other people first. Yes, you know what exactly. I mean. It's not like they're yes. like anti dog or like yeah. I'm, like they're not going to lose my dog. Yeah, but there are other people who might be like, oh no, you are much more trustworthy with yes. my puppy. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a very like evolving situation. And I think when it one of the things I've noticed in lots of calls is that um, some of the pe- particularly women, I'll be honest coming back into dating, they have lower standards for themselves than they would for a friend, you know, or for their daughter or their son. So I think it's an invitation just to kind of go set a standard. You should feel both safe and like you're having fun, baseline. I feel like that's so accurate, but I feel like that's accurate outside of dating, like that you can lower your standards for almost everything for yourself. Mm. And but you want more for your friends. You want more for your family. You want more for the people that you love. Yeah. But you're much more willing to settle for less yourself. And the I reckon the best thing 
I've ever heard in doing this podcast was when someone said, because a lot of people ring in going, how do you know when to leave or yeah. how do you know if you're dating the right person? Just a very basic test. Think of the person you love the most. Like could be your best friend, could be your daughter, could be your brother and yeah. go, would I want them in this relationship? Oh, yeah. If your answer's no, what are you in it for? I thought the best thing you would have heard was call up somebody that you like, but just stay on the line. Don't say anything. That is sound advice. <laughs> but, you know, you've been open about your mental health stuff. Yes. Like you and I talk about this a lot. That can um, skewer your sense of what you deserve. I think yep. it's a nice little thing to kind of go, actually, if I can't trust that, I can trust it thinking about someone else. It's so nice. That is a good way to think about it. You know, would yeah. would I want, if I meet this new friend, would I want one of my kids to have this friend if they were 40? Yep. And if the answer's no, what what are we doing? What are we doing here? Life's you know? too short at this stage. Too short. We're on the downhill. Off your fuck. We're on the downhill slope now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for a listener call? Yes, I am. Hi, Nelly. Love your podcast. Um, I'm just calling. I just listened to the episode, the Sloppy Seconds episode with Genevieve Morris, and there was a caller who was speaking about celebrating her, I think it was her 18-month um separation or being a single mother for 18 months and I just really loved that approach um, to, to what's a really a really hard kind of milestone um, and I just wanted to thank her because um, she's helped me reframe something uh, that's happening for me right now. My, my divorce um, went through 12 months ago. Monday's the anniversary of my divorce and I've just been an anxious mess all week just waking up, um, having panic attacks. Like, it's been really horrible. And I just wanted to share, like, I have got the most amazing sister, um, but she lives five hours away or even more than that, five hours away. And um, she she calls me every day. She checks in on me. Um, but it got to the point the other day where she could tell that I was really not great. And um, she called me and she went, I've been sitting here, I'm worrying about you. And um, I just, I kept saying to myself, what can I do to show up for you? What can I do to show up for you? And she said, and then I thought, fucking idiot, get in the car and show up, physically show up, like just be there and we can do whatever you want. We can just sit in the dark and drink wine. We can watch Netflix, we, whatever you want to do. And when she called me, I cannot even tell you, I just, I was so bloody grateful and so I share that because I couldn't tell her what I needed I didn't know what I needed but as soon as she she said I'm coming I thought of course that's what I needed I needed someone to and especially her to be here physically just be here but that might help another um, person who's listening to to just know that it, it could be as simple as just being physically in someone's space and I, I didn't ever think of asking her for that because she lives so far away but I'm a sister, so of course she's going to be here. But I wanted to thank that other caller because I'm I'm teary now. Like it's eight in the morning here in Brizzy, um, and instead of watching Netflix and drinking wine tonight, I've just called my sister and said, "Pack pack some dancing shoes. We're we're going out tonight." Totally flipping flipping this story. I'm not going to sit here and wallow. But to how many tears can I cry? I'm just 
it's time to have a bit of fun and I'm going to celebrate being a single mum. I've been through hell this year and I've been a really bloody good mum, even through this huge amount of adversity. So I really thank that caller um, for sharing their story. Keep up the great work, Nellie. Wade Duffin. What a beautiful call. What an amazing call, but also, like, what a beautiful community and supportive yeah, community you've built is. up here. Like, oh, for people to you. share those kind of stories and, like, help each other and then thank the other caller. Yep. It's so lovely. It really what is. What an absolute delight. I can't tell you, just as a side note, and it's not, I'm not even trying to plug the live shows because they sell out anyway, honestly, yep. but that feeling in that room when we do the live, it's that. Oh. That caller, that is the feeling of people, like heaps of people come on their own. Yep. Heaps of, like all genders, sexualities, fucking ages, like just being together and kind of going, you know, I found my people. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's like they're supporting one another. Supporting one another. And community. I, it's all about community. It really is. Yeah. It really, and feeling like seen and heard. Yeah. You know, so what do you hear in her call? I hear somebody who has come through like a lot of pain. Yeah. A lot of pain, like waking up every day with panic attacks for like a week. And because I imagine after like, you know, you're married for so long and Mm. then divorced for like a year, Mm. that is going to come through like waves, that kind of like feeling of like emotion of like, oh, I'm so glad this is over. Like, oh, what am I going to do? You're feeling lost. You're feeling confident. You're feeling unconfident. Yeah. Feeling powerful. All in the same day, Wade. All in the same day. I swear to God. Like I would be like elated. (laughs) And then you're like, no one will ever love me again. And then I'm going dancing (laughs) in the same fucking day. And then so you have that – the, the anniversary and of course everything kind of rolls up and hits you at once yep. and like you don't know how to process all these emotions no. like well good luck if you do congratulations yeah, most of I certainly don't. do not no. uh, but then to have that support yeah and it just takes one it yes. really just takes one yes to right. have that little rock there yeah. that you can rely on and the fact that your sister's driving for like five yeah. hours to come and support you I feel so what do I hear when I think I feel um uh, not joy and not elation. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right word. I'm happy for this person to have that yeah. um, a solid relationship in their life. Like oh, I feel like it's absolutely that's a beautiful thing. I and you can feel like the other side of like the divorce is kind of like drifting away. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. And you've got like this now new kind of like lease on life. Absolutely, and yeah. I I hear I hear positivity. I hear positivity. Pain and positivity together. Yes, yes, pain and positivity. Right, and grown-ups got to hold both those things because yeah. we're often, well, we're kind of almost, if it, I'm speaking for myself, always in some sort of pain Yes, and some sort of positivity. Yeah. You know, it's like that's the struggle, you know, of which one's winning is the kind of how I determine the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I never have a day really and maybe this says more mm. about me than, it, than I should be sharing, but I never have a day where I go everything's fine. No. Everything's great. No, and even you know? I will start a day and I'll just be like, I'll get out of bed. I've had like, yep. man, I've had like seven hours straight sleep. Yeah. I have been like running like last week. Yeah. I've been eating well. I haven't yeah. been drinking. I'm feeling so positive. Yeah. And then maybe five hours later, I've yeah. ju- I'm just down a hole. Down. Yeah, You're yeah. just down a hole. And that is without all the emotional, yeah. I don't want to use the word baggage, yeah. trauma maybe, yeah. uh, of going through like a divorce. Yeah. And but then to have that support network. This is the thing I love. So, great. you know, you and I have both experienced, you know, 
periods of the black dog, depression, whatever you want to call it. The thing I love in what she said is when you're in that state, you don't know what you need. You know, it's not like you can go, okay, I'm going to ring Wade and say, can you just come and sit with me and watch Bridesmaids? That's not how depression works. No, the most time that you need help is like the, like it's the time that you don't know to reach for help. Like when you are like deepest in that hole, and I was thinking about this the other day, it's like when you are like seriously depressed, it's like you're walking to like a bottom of like, you get to the bottom of a hill Mm. and, but you don't know you have to climb and you don't even know you have to look up. You're just kind of like stuck there and you don't know how to look around for help. And you're numb. And you're numb. You know? And it takes people almost reaching out to you, yeah. like the hardest thing you can do is to reach out. But that mm. is the best thing that you can do. It's the best thing you can do, but I think it's also important for those of us listening to this caller to recognise, let's say in the context of this podcast, you know someone who's just got divorced yeah. or separated. All you got to do is reach out and go, can I just come sit with you? Yeah. We don't have to talk about it. We can if you want. Can I take you or can I bring you over a lasagna? Yeah, you know, we don't. There's no requirement. I'm not asking anything of you. I there's, just want. I'm available. We don't need to have a therapy session. We really don't. And also, you can just say no. You can. You absolutely can just yeah. say no. But I think it's the idea yeah. of like people reaching out yes. for you and repeatedly. I mean, not you know, not seven times a day. Oh <laughs> yeah, just like nonstop. Call them up. <laughs> you don't say anything. You hang on the line. <laughs> don't. Make it about you because I think there's that rescuing temptation to kind of go, I must come over, I must say, you must get out. No, don't do that shit. But I would say once a week, maybe just message and go, do you want me to come over? Yeah. You know, I'll come like that first night. um, I've talked about this before on the podcast. The first night or the first however many nights you have without your kids, that one's a fucking doozy. If you know someone going through that, I'd say just ring them and go, do you want me to come for a sleepover? Yeah. I'll do, we don't have to talk. I'll just come and be in the house with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because that is a different, very different scenario to your kids going away. I can't tell you how different it is. On a, like a holiday or yeah. they go away. Yeah. To, oh, this is a permanent shift. Yes. Yeah. This is like a forever thing. That is when. And it's not like you're never going to see the kids again. No. But it's still, that must be a hard line to cross. It's a, it is full blown grief. Yeah. Because in that moment you're dealing with the loss of the family unit. Yeah, of course. You know, it's not just that they're not there. They haven't gone on a sleepover. Yeah. That's the real reminder. And so if you know someone going through the first, second, third time that they are without their kids. Gender irrelevant, just say, do you want me to come and hang out? Yeah. You know, and if they say no, fine. But I think they might not even know they need it. But once they hear it, as our caller did, actually, I'll get in the car and drive five hours and come and hang out. I really feel for that caller. But I also feel how she reached, she acknowledged, like, how the previous caller, (laughs) like, made her feel. yes. So, yeah, I feel yeah. like, you know, man, what an intense thing to go through. It's, it is a lot. Stay strong. It's also lovely to hear that she's like, I'm going to put on my fucking dancing shoes. Yeah, she's flipping you it up. You know what? I've sat in this shit for a year and you need to. Like, don't yeah. move through it too quick. you got to feel this shit. you got to feel bad. You're still going to feel bad, yeah. you know, at times three, four, five, ten years later. But she's also like, I'm going to go dancing. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. And celebrating being a single mum 
instead of taking on all that bullshit of it it's being you're breaking home and you're failure. No, you fucking survived, girl. Yes. And you've looked after these kids and you've loved them and now it's your time to dance. <laughs> <laughs> Fortitude Valley as well, I imagine. Place gets loose as fuck. <laughs> I love it. Look, I don't know if you're looking for this, but I hope you picked up at the same time. Bit of a passion dash wouldn't hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no judgments here. No judgments. Whatever you want to do. But bless you. Thank you for calling in because you're well, maybe now. even a finger and linger. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. See, I was waiting for the real way to show up in this. <laughs> I've been very polite. You have been so polite. You wait until I do the episode with Harley and Wade together. He will not be so polite. But you know what? The call, To our caller, you're now that caller. Someone else will be listening to this and they'll be a year down the track going, I'm fucking in the shit. I can't, like, I can't get out there. I don't know what to do going... Maybe I need to ask my sister to come over or my neighbour or maybe I need to go out dancing. You're yeah. that caller now. Yeah, no, you've like um, yeah. helped somebody oh. that you may not even heard. They may not even call in. They probably won't. Yeah. They probably won't, but I can tell you they're listening. Yeah. Love ya. All right, I'm going to give you – now, this is a hairy one. All, All right. right. This is – I thought you could handle this. All right, bring it on. Right. It's it. a listener letter. I'm going to read it out to you. Hi, Nelly. I'm 66 – and wait – I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm 66 and been listening to you this year and found your pod very informative. I'm married, my third marriage, I've had many relationships. My current husband and I have been together for 20 years and I have what is known as CNM, consensual non-monogamy relationship, after I was slammed with a spinal cord disease seven years ago. Our current relationship status did not happen um, unintentionally or without distress. After telling me he was okay and I shouldn't worry about his sexual needs, I discovered a condom and Viagra in the washing machine. I sat on this for a few weeks and did diligent sleuthing before I confronted him via text with everything I had found. This was during COVID lockdown in Victoria and I couldn't run as I would have in previous relationships. To his credit, he owned his behaviour and did his best to assure me he was not in a relationship he was having, in quotation marks, massages. Okay. I worked out that my distress and anger was from the lie he sold me, not the actual behaviour, and that I was denied the opportunity to have a discussion around our situation. At some point, he made the decision unilaterally and thought it was okay and it wasn't. We've managed to work things out. We now live apart and are currently committed to staying married and being kind to each other. I have insisted on absolute transparency and what I consider to be okay for me, i.e. no intercourse, no oral sex, only handjobs. Thus far, he's accepting of this and we've agreed to continue the conversation. There are no second chances. I won't lie, this has been hard and we've both sought counselling and we're currently okay with this. I joke that COVID actually saved our marriage. I feel more confident than I've ever been and I'm absolutely fearless in pursuing my needs in life, even if it ends up that we may be divorced. Love your work. Thank you. Mate, the absolute honesty you get out of people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One of my previous guys was like, you're like a magician. This is so great. This is fantastic. How much juice is in that? My first like thing that stuck out for me was like the sleuthing, like the setting the on it. sleuthing. Like you've found this, this evidence and you haven't confronted straight away. Mm. You've gone like full Sherlock Bones. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you've decided Fucking to like. Fucking Magnum P.I.'s walked in. I know. Yeah. Like you've done the. 
done some yeah. slow thing. Whereas if it was me, I would have been straight away. Oh, same. Like confrontation. Yeah. Let's have this out. Yeah. Um, I would be holding the condom, like waving it around. Put it on your head. Is this what you wanted? <laughs> Is this what you wanted? <laughs> I can't even recycle it. Like, yes, the slew thing, like getting your ducks in a row. Yeah, but also like, you know, she says, like, you know, this is her third marriage. She's yeah. having a relationship. So this yeah. is like, she's got experience. Yeah. Maybe not in this specific. This but is she, not my first radio. She's got life experience. Yeah, she you does. You know, she's not ready to just like jump the gun straight yeah. away. Yeah. And then to have it out. Have yeah. this conversation. Yeah. And this is that thing where it's like every we're all different. Yeah. Every relationship is different. Yeah. Everybody like fits into like a different yeah. hole or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. <laughs> um and so while that may not be good for me or for yeah. like some people, for yeah. some people, yeah, this is fine. This yeah. is an okay thing to cross. So And yes. you're in your third marriage, you're sixty six. You've got a debilitating condition. These are not quote unquote normal circumstances. No. You know, so rip up the script. You yep. work out what works for you and for him. The only thing I'd say, like a couple of things stand out to me that I'd like to know your oh, okay, yeah. view on. One is that he has said he's only, like he's rub and tug basically. He's getting hand jobs. Yeah. Right? And some of those places, look, I've never done it, but I'm well aware that some of those places are not as legitimate as other places. Oh, there's you know a I mean? list of ethical concerns. Like, But there's also, why is it, what she said, she found a condom. Yeah. Why would you have a used condom from a rub and tug? Well, that also stood out. You Did know that stand I mean? out to but you I, as well? I thought, like the... Oh, okay, so maybe I misheard. I thought the agreement was they came to that it was only get the massages. But was he saying that he he was only ever getting the massages? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because I thought I don't. I mean, I have not had a. You've never had a rub and tug, (laughs) Nelly. I am shocked. Your listeners will be shocked too. (laughs) I'm sure after this podcast, you'll be like Nelly is winking and nodding at me right now. Actually, Tony Abbott style. (laughs) No, that just stood out to me. I thought if you had been going to get, yeah, I misunderstood that bit. Yeah, like why are you getting the condom on there? Yeah, and again, someone can ring in and clarify. Maybe you wear condoms when you get a rub and tug, but it doesn't seem likely. No, it seems like he's minimising his behaviour. It seems like he's telling a lie from the start, and what I get from her is that it's the lying that is problematic for her. Yes. Because the other thing I hear, and I think this is not a conversation we're very comfortable having, she's obviously in a position for health reasons where she can no longer have sex. Yeah. No one is judging that, but nor am I judging him for wanting to have sex. No. If I'm completely honest. Like I think the conversation, the romantic narrative we have is that, oh, it shouldn't matter. shouldn't matter. He doesn't care. You know what? That's actually not reasonable. And it's not helpful. It's I don't not think. helpful. But also... That's when the hard conversation has to happen. Very hard conversation, you but know? I think adult. Yes. For me personally, I, I mean, I'm not in that situation, but I would prefer that over someone cheating. Yeah. If you can find a way to do it ethically and the boundaries are laid out and everyone's in agreement, I would much prefer that they see a professional than cheat. And if they were to say, like, well, there's a red line, like, no, yeah. that's not going to happen, I'm like, well, that's fine. We'll mm. go our separate ways mm. and things can, mm. like, we can just exist and be friendly. Mm. 
But yeah, I think, yeah, there's definitely like um, some kind of like gap there and like mm. what he's been saying and the evidence that's presented. That's the problem. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to be But she has acknowledged that he was like um, lying as well. And maybe you do. Yeah. Maybe you do need a condom when you get like a rub and Maybe tie. you do. And I'm just trying to be generous to him because – I can imagine myself, like if I had had this same letter doing this podcast 20 years ago, I'll be completely honest with you, I would have thought he was an asshole. Yeah. But I'm old enough now. Life experience. Life experience enough to kind of go, you know what, it's also completely unreasonable cultural narrative if someone has is still sexually active and has a sexual being just to go, nah. Right? It's okay that he has wanted this. It's yes. not okay that he's lied and he might have... You know, massage the truth, yeah, unintended, yeah. you know, <laughs> that bit. But I can also see how... Well, that truth got under the table under that rub and tug of the towel. <laughs> <whatever. laughs> that, that I found that rubbed. in the washing machine. <laughs> I can see why he did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because how many of us, even of our age, and they're older, how many of us would, could sit down and kind of go... I want to do this. Like it's very easy from on this chair and it's the right the judge, phone to it? say like, yeah. hey, here's the conversation that you should have had yeah. rather to be actually in the room yes. and in the situation and yes. to have that conversation. It's so much easier from the behind the mic and that's why I do it from behind the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much better. I guess I'm just kind of trying to ask the listeners because I can tell and I would have been one of them. There will be listeners kind of going, oh, fucking, man, you know, like he's such a prick. But actually put yourself in his position. I'm trying to have a bit of compassion for him as well. It's not an easy situation for anybody. No. You know, and there's not a – no one's writing a fucking cute handbook on how to deal with this situation and he probably hasn't got it all right. But it doesn't sound like he's got it all wrong either. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's just – there's some miscommunication and some untruths possibly. Yeah. Like you say – you know, I'm not there in the room. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it does sound now that they have worked their way through it. Yeah. And they've found like a result that works for them both. Yeah. Living in separate houses, being mm. kind to one another. Mm. And, yeah. you know. And I think it's completely feasible just to, just for our listener. And I think from the, you know, she's obviously very articulate and bright. It sounds to me like he loves you. Yes. The fact that I think it's important to just remember that he might be going to see a sex worker to fulfil that part of himself that has nothing to do with whether he loves you or not. Yeah, very like a different side of his brain. I think so. Yeah. And different part of the human experience. And they can be all connected, like in one kind of thing, like love and lust. And they can also be completely separated into like two different kind of um, Mm. spheres, I guess. I think they really can. And I would love for you to call back in and tell us how it's going. Oh, please. Because I wonder if giving yourselves a bit of space, like living apart, deciding to stay together, him having permission to do certain things, um, you know, whatever the, the lines that you've drawn are, I'd love to see how that goes. Yeah. You know, ring back in and tell us. Yeah, that would be so interesting to see, like, what was the end result yeah. of this, you know. Yeah, did like this grand designs to come yeah. back in a year. <laughs> He's over budget. <laughs> no <doubt>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to end with my two favourite segments. Are you ready, Wade Duffin? Yes. All right, so... No shade on my ex, which is where you shade an ex, right? So think of an ex that you've had and just something that fucking irritated you about them or yes. something stupid they did. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so no, that was the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to keep going. No, no, that was so it. So that was me calling you and just waiting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that, and when I think about like no shade on my ex, I always think of like all the dumbest stuff that I've done. Yeah, yeah, it can be like, you Like that's you what want. I remember. Yeah. Um, all the idiotic things that I got up to. But I guess um, one ex when we moved to Melbourne, uh, uh, even then that was on me. <laughs> Tell I, I me. very hard. Oh, well, I wanted to, I got like this job at like this art gallery. Yeah. And another job at a cafe, but they were in Fitzroy and we lived yeah. in St Kilda. Yeah. And then Ooh. she was like, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, no. No. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And so I just went and got a job somewhere else in yeah. a place that I didn't enjoy. Oh. And in hindsight, I'm like, why did I let her make that decision, decision. for me? Yeah. But, you know, I was an adult. Yeah. She was giving her opinion yeah. and I just ac- accepted her opinion as fact. Well, was she giving her opinion or telling you what to do? Yeah, it was telling me what to do. I was going to say, because <laughs> opinion would be going, wait, that's a bit of a commute. She was just I like, don't know about She was just like, nah, you're not doing that. But yeah, then no. I... Kind you allowed like, it. I allowed it. Yeah, yeah. So, and in all guess, these things, you've got to take that on. Even then, I didn't really have any like so many negative connotations about it because yeah. you look. I'll be honest. Like Nelly sent me that question yesterday, and I I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, I just could not think of anything. I think of all the dumb stuff that I've got, like too drunk and yeah. turned up like late for something, yeah. or just missed something altogether, yeah, or completely like fucked like a job or something like yeah. that. You know. I think yeah. about all the dumb stuff that I've done. So you're the problem. I am 100% the issue. <laughs> <laughs> but also so those show like a real kind of like egotistical kind of mind. Yeah. Where it's like yeah. all I can think about is me and my issues. Yeah. And it's not even like I think about like the positives <laughs> or the negatives that other people have done. It's just like, no, that, it was just me in that relationship. It was just me being a fuck up. Don't worry about anything else. Well, that's either depression or Buddhism. Yeah. It's and like, it's a fine line. <laughs> <laughs> You're either really trying to work some shit through or you're just accepting some shit. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and it probably oscillates from day to day. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, she's a 10 butt, so of course you're not dating. You're married to the beautiful Claire. But if you were dating and you went on a date and you're like, oh, this woman's fabulous, but there's something like where you just go, I don't know, she's got pencil-thin eyebrows, can't look at her face. Oh, you mean something like a physical stupid. attribute? It doesn't have to be. It could be Dave Killix, like they clink their teacup when they finish oh, the Oh, yeah. My first instinct was like <laughs> they're like right wing. And I'd be like, oh, we're done. 100%. No, you can have that. So she's a 10. could be the hottest. Wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. Just like my absolute, you know. Trump's like, got a point. I'm out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry, but, you know, maybe we shouldn't mix races. Okay, yeah. we're done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> so political view, they have to be progressive. They have to be progressive, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, one, we're not going to agree. Yeah. And I don't, I find it very hard to respect somebody yeah. with that kind of opinion. Yes. But to what, what are you going to, what are you going to talk about? Yeah. You know? Do you know, that I, w- I had this situation. So I went on a date with a woman a couple of years ago. And look, she wasn't like a Trump supporter. Like it wasn't, yeah. you know, she wasn't that far right wing, but she was much more conservative than me. And my thought was, I can't have you around my friends. Yeah, you can't. Like even on a basic level, I wouldn't subject my friends to those attitudes when with some of my friends, those attitudes apply to them. Yeah. 
you know. So I'm not going to be sitting there kind of going, oh, don't talk about – I mean, it puts me off anyway. But yeah. you, you're you part of an ecosystem. Yeah, and you cannot bring you know? that outside person no. into like this very yeah. know, beautiful little ecosystem yeah. that you've created. Absolutely not. Yeah, conspiracy theorists as well. Oh, my know? God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I saw this great bit <laughs> online with this guy's talking about – yeah, I can understand you're not believing in all the conspiracy theories. Yeah. You don't believe in any conspiracy theories. Yeah. <laughs> you think the government's just telling you the truth 100% of the time? And I'm like, yeah, this guy's got a good point, actually. <laughs> See that and isn't that the problem? Because yeah. then you start learning about Watergate and you go, what? Yes. Yeah. Of course they're and lying. And Nicaragua and the Iran-Contra all scandal. All the stuff. And then they go like, yeah, and what about like Flat Earth? They're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> ben Robert Smith. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's the difficulty. Wade Duffin, thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. This has been lovely. You've been such a delight. I, be, I feel I've been very polite. Yes, you have. I think that's about to change as Harley <laughs> Green just We will see you again on Dear Nelly. All right, great. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yeah, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly, I'm eager to hear your point of a lot to explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly, so I'm hoping we can talk it through. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.